greetings, everyone, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Hired Geek Podcast, episode number 138 with Ingrid Toppelberg, uh, Chief Product Officer at Cybent. Uh, so this is an episode uh, that is revisiting a topic of cybersecurity education that uh, it's been a while since we had talked about it last, but uh, it is as timely as ever. So that is kind of where we start things out. And then the conversation uh, is really great. I really appreciate Ingrid's uh, point of view. I mean, she comes in with a global uh, perspective and a lot of different experience and uh, just really deep passion for this work and really understanding how uh, it really kind of gets down to the micro level and kind of people's behavior and point of views and you know how do we try to create that culture uh, where everyone's taking the steps that they need to to help keep their uh, organization is safe on the web. So please do keep the conversation, connect with Ingrid uh, and all the stuff that we talked about in the episode uh, down in the show notes. Uh, but thank you so much for listening and uh, please do enjoy this bonus episode of the Higher Geek Podcast, episode number 138 with Ingrid Toppelberg. All right. We are here to talk about uh, a very timely topic uh, as it has been, I think, for, for several years now and one that we haven't uh, discussed on the podcast for a little while, but uh, cybersecurity education, uh, a really kind of hot button issue, uh, a timely topic in our in our uh, day and age here. So I'm uh, just really excited to have some time and space to talk through it uh, more. Uh, but we'll start out as we always do. Ingrid, if you want to introduce yourself and give a brief overview of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. I'm very excited. Uh, I am, as you may be able to notice from my accent, I'm originally from Argentina. I studied economics there. I started my career in finance and then uh, moved to management consulting at McKinsey. I did my MBA at MIT in, in the US. Uh, then I returned to McKinsey. Then I started traveling around the world. I moved to Singapore and to San Francisco, finally back to Boston. Uh, where I uh, had my own consulting firm specializing in in edtech and also in digital transformation. And about three, two and a half years ago, I moved to Israel, where I live now in Tel Aviv, and I joined uh, Cybint, which is a cyber education company. And I'm also the head coach for MIT Bootcamps, which is an entrepreneurship bootcamp run at MIT. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about the the bootcamp thing uh, kind of uh, briefly as well, just because I'm very curious about it. But um, so yeah, I mean, you're you're at Cybent. Uh, it definitely, I've been hearing a little bit more about it, seeing some headlines uh, that you all uh, are kind of joining forces with uh, Hacker U and all that. You're doing great work. So. Um, just for folks who might not be aware, though, if you want to explain briefly a bit what Cybent does. Yes, definitely. Uh, so at Cybent, we want to help make the world safer. So we do reskilling and upskilling in cybersecurity. So basically, we have cybersecurity bootcamps that allow uh, students to go from no technical background to entry-level positions in cybersecurity in three months full-time or six months part-time. And we also do upskilling uh, for on the corporate side where, you know, in, in organizations, different people in, in organization need to know different things of cybersecurity. Everybody needs to know awareness. Techn like uh, IT people need to know something else. Uh, developers need to know how to do their work securely. Uh, and security people need to know about how to improve their security skills. So we also develop all their online training on demand for the corporate side. 
So basically, we, as I said, we reskill and upskill in cybersecurity all around the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, your story is a global one, and yeah, you know, the work that you do is global. Cybersecurity <laughs> is global. Um, so that's a really right. great perspective and just uh, work. But because um, I think, like, and we'll sit with this for a little bit, is like you know, kind of the the past, present, future of your work uh, and kind of how it gets done. So you know, kind of speaking to that, maybe you know, certainly in kind of the global scope of things, but just like you know. Cybersecurity is a topic that just continues to grab headlines of, you know, different breaches happening and people needed to change all their passwords and all that. So everybody kind of feels it. But like, you know, your work is trying to train the people to help protect the people, like you're saying, you know, from these sort of threats and everything. But how have you seen your work in helping to engage and educate people and all that change over the past few years? Well, you know, it has been a very interesting journey for me because when I joined Cybint, I didn't know much about cybersecurity. Um, and uh, cybersecurity here in Israel is a thing, like people know and aspire to work in cybersecurity. But outside in the rest of the world, not really. Uh, and I always make the parallel that, for example, I, I come from Latin America. And unfortunately, crime rates in Latin America are high. So there's things that we do naturally, like we don't leave our bags unattended. We don't walk in the street and talk on the phone, or we don't put our bags in the passenger seat of a car. Like there's, there's things that for us are supernatural, but when someone from another country where they are not used to this level of crime comes, if, if they don't know these rules, they are going to be attacked, right? It's, it's, very, it's very, very simple. And it's not complicated things, you know, it's just like pay attention to where you put your purse. It's, it's not like very complicated things, but if you're not aware of it, you're not going to do it and you'll have trouble. So I think with cybersecurity, I discovered that, you know, it's the same thing. Like it's a whole new dimension of our lives where we are now vulnerable and we need to know about it and we need to know about, do something about it and proactively address it because otherwise it's like, you know, landing in Latin America without taking any precautions and, and you will be exposed. Maybe that's nothing happens, but, you know, there's likelihood that it, it will. So since I joined, I've actually started, you know, a personal journey into helping people like be aware that they need to do these things. Everyone from kids to uh, like teenagers, adults, and also like the, the older generation, because they are also the most vulnerable uh, in the sense that they don't feel comfortable with the technology. So they don't take the basic precautions. If someone calls them and tells them there's an issue, they're going to act, they're going to get nervous. So uh, I've seen this become a very personal kind of um, journey, helping everyone be aware of this. Uh, but at the same time, Nowadays in the world, there's about 4 million vacant jobs in cybersecurity, which means that there's 4 million jobs waiting to be taken, but there's not enough people with the right skills to fill them. So this is heartbreaking, right? Because so many people are losing their jobs because of automation, technology, uh, crisis, COVID, etc. that it's super important to give people the opportunity to reskill so that they can 
take this opportunity, these 4 million jobs that are vacant and that are only growing because like cyber, now like most of the crime happens in the cybersecurity space or in the cyberspace. Uh, and as you have seen in the last, I don't know, in the last year, there were several cases that were very resonant, very uh, popular, more in the popular media also. So it's bringing more awareness uh, into these issues. And also as everything moves online now, you know, the fridge is online, my watch is online, everything is online. We're also more vulnerable. vulnerable. So the opportunity for crime in the cyberspace keeps growing and with it, the opportunity to, and the need to defend this space. So I, I really see that a kind of double edge, like a great opportunity to help people protect themselves and to help people protect themselves by having jobs that will exist in the future. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause like it, yeah, <laughs> you know, our lives are only going to continue to be more online. And I appreciate you mentioning that just being like, yeah, I mean, like, cause you know, I am always like, man, I'd really love to have more smart home stuff. But I think there is like subconsciously where it's just like, well, I mean, like, yeah, it's just a whole other layer of like, you know, stuff that could be uh, hacked and all that. But it's like, I think like I, when I want to invest in it, I want to do it the right way and being, you know, uh, safe and all that. But um, yeah, there's just more stuff there. And, it, and what my mind was going to is like, there's so many facets that have sort of evolved over the past year, that being one of them, just more sort of, you know, uh, smart enabled uh, devices and everything. But then like, you know, there's sort of like the macro, you know, organizations like requiring two-factor authorization and like, you know, encrypting things and like doing all this stuff. And then, yeah, trying to like educate the individual to understand why something like two-factor authorization is important and strong passwords and, you know, things like that. And even like, and maybe you can speak to this just briefly, like, because in my experience too, where it's now almost like expected that IT professionals in organizations are trying to do that work. You, you know, you're almost now like training the trainer, or like educating somebody who would then educate users in their organization of like, uh, 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 like don't click on that link in that email, even though you thought it was your like package getting delivered to the office or something, whatever. So like, has that kind of shaped a little bit more? Just what you've seen is that like you you have to do like the technical piece with people that want to do this work, but also like they need to be prepared to help other people in their organization kind of do better when it comes to cybersecurity. Yeah, well, in general organizations, what they do is that they have, this is called awareness. So these basic things, like the basic cyber hygiene that you need to know, like don't click in links in, in text uh, or, or in emails and change your password, et cetera, it's called uh, cyber, basic cyber hygiene or awareness. And so organizations usually uh, either develop their own training or uh, hire a company to like like us, for example, to develop their uh, deliver their training. What I've seen definitely is again the awareness, even in big organizations, of the need of this is not as big as we would need, unfortunately. So it's increasing. It's you know there's more awareness in the U.S. There's more awareness in developed countries. But it's not the same awareness everywhere in the world. So there's definitely a huge growth uh, on, on, you know, the, the awareness of the organizations that they need to train their people in these things uh, in order to be safer and not be vulnerable to attacks. So this has definitely changed. It's expanding more. 
and it's becoming more also some countries have it as a time type of compliance like you have to do cybersecurity awareness so this has mm-hmm. also expanded the market quite a lot and yeah so it's it's definitely growing everywhere and i'm very happy this because it makes us safer mm-hmm. absolutely um so you know when it comes to that sort of education piece you know people that are coming uh to Cybin and you know, even like the work you're doing, you know, with MIT and everything, the kind of boot camp format and everything, it's quicker, more intense, and, you know, getting people towards, you know, kind of being more gainfully employed uh, in this space. So um, I'm just curious, because like, I I guess I'll kind of set you up for the answer, you can kind of maybe expand on it, like, this world, this space and everything is changing so quickly. So I imagine a boot camp is the only way that you could really uh, keep up with things, but I guess just, yeah. How do you see the format of a bootcamp kind of serving student needs here? Well, and, you know, uh, one, maybe kind of the time, but, uh, I'm hoping maybe if you could speak to like cost or other things that sort of just like this all just kind of fits well together to kind of serve student needs. Well, uh, yes, definitely. I'm, of course, I'm a huge fan <laughs> of the bootcamp model, uh, here, uh, in Israel also we've proven that this work, uh, from the military, like in the military, you have three months to reskill 18-year-olds into different things, right? Uh, you have three months, not a lot, like the military service is uh, two, three years. And so you cannot spend years training them. They have three months. And so it's a very intensive process that they go through and then they just start working. Uh, so we kind of adopted that methodology. Uh, and I think it's it's super important for several reasons. So like a four-year degree uh, has great things. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Like some people are lucky enough that they can actually take four years of investing in their education and learning and, and having the whole experience. It's, there's a lot to say for a four-year degree. Not everybody has the opportunity to do that. Uh, it's expensive. It takes time. Uh, and depending what you're studying, it may or may not be valid for the rest of your life also, right? I don't know. Some people might have mm-hmm. studied, uh, I don't know, uh, law 20 years ago, and a lot of what lawyers are doing now is being automated, for example. So you never know. Uh, on the other side, uh, it's so the four years is, is expensive. It takes a lot of time. And also the way that universities are designed, like, it's hard to change the content, you know. There's such a there's a there's a very long process to create new courses, etc. So the content is not necessarily as dynamic as you need it. And in particular in cybersecurity, there's new threats all the time. So it's not like even if I wanted, I cannot teach you now everything you will need to know because tomorrow a new criminal comes up with something new, and you'll have to learn it, right? So it's it's really important this like uh, the adaptation that we can do with the boot camps that are shorter courses that can be a lot more connected with the industry a lot more connected with what's actually needed in the market and can adapt fast I think it's a it's a really really critical thing and then on the other hand it can also it's more appropriate for people who need to reskill you know people later in their careers uh, that. Maybe when you're 30 or 40, you don't want to take a four-year 
new undergrad or a two-year master's or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you can do a three-month boot camp in different topics and, you know, start a new career. Well, yeah, and I imagine, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you know, people who are making a career change or, you know, they're uh, laid off or something, you know, they're maybe in a place, yeah, they want to be able to focus on uh, reskilling, getting into cybersecurity to do that three-month uh, program and uh, then get their first job. And then uh, through there, if they want to continue like sort of expanding their skills, it's at least that like it then becomes sort of like a symbiotic relationship, you know, like you're doing the work and you're learning about the work and all that, like, but you do at least have to get a start of like, okay, I'm just going all in on this boot camp. this, you know, whatever the first one I do is three months, complete it. Then that can get me towards like, you know, maybe an entry level position. And then I continue sort of like lifelong learning, expanding my skills and moving up and all that. But at that point, once you at least like get the first job, it then like can make the learning experience that much more powerful because you're, you're doing the work while you're also learning about the work. So it's that much more, I guess, like oh, tangible. Yeah. Maybe. Yes, absolutely. This is, this is super important. And in general, I think like the lifelong learning, just there's no way out these days, you know? Like I, I, I did like one of the best MBAs in the world 10 years ago, 10 years ago. Mm. AWS was just starting. The cloud was this like whole new thing that we didn't know if it was. I was actually doing work like projects, like trying to estimate if the cloud would work or not. So we, the world changed, you know. <laughs> like, and then so many things happened since then. It's been ten years. It's not a lifetime. It's just ten years. Uh, so I find myself needing to learn new skills. Okay, what's artificial intelligence? What's IoT? Uh, well, the cloud, of course, and they mm-hmm. like there's there's so much that's changing. So, by definition, I think with the lifelong learning, it's something that we just need to get used to. And one thing that we are we put a lot of emphasis on in our bootcamp is is that skill to learn, because you need to know how to learn. You need to know how to look for your own answers. And these days, Google is your best friend, and you need to know how to use it smartly because. Reality changes, and at the end, the only constant these days is, is change. So this skill, the learn how to learn, it's a really, really essential skill that we should all get used to. And none of us should be expecting like not to learn anymore because it, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it. it's even the thing, like you said, of like, you know, certain things, if you need it right now and it's, you know, kind of just a transactional answer, yeah, you just search for it, you know, through Google or any other resource kind of databases and stuff and you could uh, get it. And then it might be that you recognize like, well, you know, maybe I do need to do like a LinkedIn learning about like X, Y, or Z, or then it's like, well, actually this seems to be like, you know, just a, a blind spot for me. Maybe I do need to go back and do something a bit longer, more formal to uh build up my knowledge base there so like it's the idea yeah it's like there's kind of a suite of options like i always think of it that way where like i think some people think that like boot camps or something are gonna like replace college and i'm like yeah i mean they might like chip at the margins a little bit you know kind of chip away at like these yeah these four-year irrelevant programs that like you know there's just no demand for but it's like it can all sort of like lock in together and sort of the stackable stuff or whatever but like uh yeah there's value in all of it and because like people need different things at different times to 
learn different things at different times. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely not saying that Google has all the answers <laughs> and that with a search, we can learn anything. No, definitely not. But uh, when you, when you have the each, you know, when it's like, oh, I need to figure out how to do this. The learning is so much more effective that when I'm learning something that I may or may not need someday. So when you are working and you're facing, like you find, you find, you know, oh, I need to solve this, then then you'll, you know, solve it. And yeah, it may require some training, different things, but it's a lot more. It's a more uh, hands-on learning experience uh, that makes the learning a lot more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because I think just to really like kind of put the final nail into it, because it's like I just see a lot where you know higher education, it can be a key that opens doors and all that. And certain people just, they see it as kind of a transactional thing. They want to go through as quick as possible, check the boxes and give me the piece of paper and I'll see you later. And it's like, yes, the credentials matter. Like a lot of fields do need certifications and licensure and all that. Like you need to kind of have those credentials. But like you said, like learning how to learn and making it sort of tangible and relevant and um, those sort of things, it's, it's such a like kind of, secret sauce you know like that's the thing that kind of makes it special and makes it stick and uh all of that just kind of that get that curiosity and those sort of things so i think that it's, it's very good to hear that that's sort of like on your mind as well um and uh yeah kind of trying to meet learners when they're uh, uh sort of eager to learn and open to it and sort of you know affirming that as an important value uh, to make sure people feel comfortable and sort of uh understanding that it's like you said they're going to need to come back to learn more stuff so like just be prepared <laughs> for that um so uh yeah, yeah. well uh, you know kind of looking towards the future a bit you know you know just i guess specifically like for cybit like you are educating people on these topics and everything um and i guess it to an extent, you may not be maybe impossible to predict where this work is going, but like, just where do you see this work going looking ahead? Because I think, you know, I don't know if it's just the, the, the way that you teach people or just like the supports that you put for people while they're learning, but anything, I guess, that you'd want to share that what you're thinking about of like, where you see this work going in the future. Uh, so one, I see it expanding <laughs> clearly, like I see the, the demand growing as, as like, the same way that, for example, developers, boot camps grew a lot in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. I see cybersecurity also starting to grow a lot because also cybersecurity, it's a lot more diverse than programming, for example. Like, you know, you may have to be an investigator or you may have to be a defender. Like, it requires a lot of different skills. So it it's a, can be appropriate for a lot of different people. And in general, what I, I also see and, you know, may not be or maybe obvious now in COVID times, but uh, like four years ago, for example, when I was at, a, at MIT, we had this bootcamp that's a, it's a one week intensive learning experience on entrepreneurship. Uh, and then we had the online version and the online version was different. It was kind of colder, like the in-person version was super passionate teamwork coaches and it would like change people's lives and the online version not so much and i said like why why can't we build amazing intensive life-changing experiences online too so we started converting the program into like this 
amazing community building experience online too. By the time COVID hit, we were ready because we had already been doing this work. And the same thing's happening with Sivind. So in the bootcamp, for example, it's three months. It's a very intense, it's three months, eight hours per day. It's a lot, it's a lot of time. Uh, but we develop it in a way that it can be flexible, can adapt to different learning styles. E-learning offers so much opportunities. And so the, the reason I'm saying learning is because our content is online. So it's not like a teacher is talking to you and teaching you all the time. Our content is in our platform and we have all the practices in our platform. But it's with a cohort. You wake up every morning and you are with your cohort and uh, you have teamwork and then you go work on your on your own during the day and then you come back in the evening uh, and you go through this experience together. You don't go through it alone. You go together. Mm -hmm. This allows us to scale a lot more. We are able to train a lot more people uh, because we can do it remotely. You're able to reach a lot of people that otherwise would not have been able to make it to, say, the big cities or the big uh, centers. Uh, so I definitely see these, you know, it's, it's a bootcamp experience, but it's also the remote bootcamp experience, while it's also building community and cohorts and peer support uh, that I see where we're going. It's, this is the way that you can really scale education and give opportunities to so many more people. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's music to my ears because I think, you know, I've just been <laughs> hearing a lot and sort of like really appreciating that uh, so many people are recognizing uh, the responsibility that higher education has to truly embody that value of like the exclusivity is not like that should not be the marker of like, you know, prestige and all that. It's like, how many people are you serving? How many lives are you impacting? through the work that you're doing and like that being a guiding force for, you know, how organizations like yours are making decisions is like, yeah, like, you know, we should have, you know, these kind of dual modalities, you know, I, I assume as things kind of reopen that you'll want to still have that in-person experience for people that choose to have it. But like, yeah, I mean, the, the opportunities to reach learners all over the world uh, through a high quality uh, kind of digital learning uh, experience, you know, it's like, it's almost a moot point. It's like, well, if you want the in-person experience, it's some people's preference, like go for it. You want the online one, you know, it's here for you too. Or if you want to, you know, you start with one, you can, you finished one and then you went to another one and you want to do it online, you know, like just those, that those options are just like, it's, it's so crucial right now, I think, you know, to be able to adapt to those dynamic needs of uh, learners nowadays. So um yeah, yeah it's really great to hear yeah yeah and definitely i'm not saying that in-person education will disappear definitely not and you know it's it's great for some functions and sometimes and some and some people and it has a lot of advantages uh but we need there's so much more that we can do there's so much more that we can democratize education and share education and also like by doing it remotely, you also open the doors to have people from different places work together, which is amazing. <laughs> you know, there's so much to learn from having friends uh, around the world. And, you know, some people are lucky enough that their education or where they work offers this, but most people are not. 
so being able to have these online experiences where you're building community and you're connecting with people from other places in the world, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing at so many levels. And it increases, even, even in cybersecurity, it even increases our capacity to stay safe because diversity brings more creativity, better problem solving, and hence you're better prepared to anticipate the attacker's moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, well put. Uh, <laughs> as we uh, wind down, uh, I do always like to give uh, the opportunity for any resources that you'd want to share you know, from your organization or just anything that's uh, catching your eye relevant to this topic that we can uh, include in the show notes. Um, sure. So as you mentioned, uh, we're now part of Thrive DX, uh, that's uh, a new education group, which we are aiming to develop the trainings for the the digital transformation of the world. And uh, there's we have one of these podcasts on the future of professional education with Sean Dageny Clark that's really good and talks about of the top, a lot about the topics that we have mentioned. Uh, and I can also suggest if you go to our website that we have a lot of articles talking about these the advantages of blended learning, the advantages of how how we can combine uh, higher education with boot camps and, and the topics we have discussed today. So if you're interested, we have you can read more there. Perfect. Um, we'll definitely link out to all that. Um, but as we uh, always like to do to end the episode, uh, if you want to share a final thought or a call to action uh, to everybody listening, uh, just to wrap everything up. A call to action, keep learning. Keep striving to grow, be curious, uh, do online learning. I'm a huge, huge fan of online learning. I'm learning, now I'm learning Hebrew, I'm learning digital marketing, I'm learning management. Like there's, the world is changing so much and now we have so many tools uh, in a little computers or a little phones and that I think it's super important to stay curious and try to stay proactively relevant in the world that we live today. So yeah, keep learning. Great. Yeah. Such a, such a great uh, final thought here and <laughs> call to action. Um, Cause yeah, and, I, and I'll keep echoing it because like it really embodied one, just sort of like a personal fulfillment, but like I've talked about it in conversation with certain people and they were just like, Oh my God, I had no idea. Like so much was going on. It was like, I took a certificate uh, in esports management from university of California and it was four like short courses that were like, you know, just a couple of months each. I loved it. Like I, I just got personal fulfillment of like engaging in that discourse and that learning experience. And then like, yeah, I'm like just talking about stuff like kind of, you know, just freely, you know, like it's no big deal. And people are like, I had no idea what like was going on. Yeah. They're just, we're starting an esports thing at our university or whatever. And like, I don't know. Like it just felt good. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm learning. I know stuff. This is so cool. Like, you know, cause it's just like, not everybody knows this, and it, you know, can make you more competitive for jobs. It can just, you know, wow, your friends and family and conversation. Yeah. Um, and but, and uh, during COVID also, we just, we learned to learn everything online. You know, now you're learning, uh-huh. we're learning like to dance and to sew and to paint. Like there's really so much that we can learn that can enrich our lives a lot. So Stay curious and keep learning. 
Yes, yes, yes. Beautiful thing. Um, Well, thank you so much for your time today, uh, Ingrid, and sharing all that you did and what ways to uh, connect with you and the work that you do uh, in the show notes as usual. But uh, yeah, it's a great conversation. Appreciate your time so much. Awesome. Thank you very much for inviting me. And congrats on your podcast. I've been really enjoying uh, the episodes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.